Hello, I am Dr. Kathleen Hall, and this is The Way I See It. Today we're going to talk about how stress can fuel your success. Yep, stress can fuel your success. It can drive you right into what your calling is. Remember this, we, we, in today's world, we hear stress, we think negative. Oh my gosh, stress is bad, it's this and that. No, we, got, we have to start thinking of stress as a neutral thing. It can be positive and it can be negative. I believe your stress is invaluable information. Don't judge your stress. Don't spend your time hating it. And you know, what's wrong with me? The negative thinking. Listen to your stress. It's a whisper. It's a voice. It's like this little guardian angel guarding you and saying, okay, please listen to me. I was fascinated after working on Wall Street and seeing some of the most successful talented people in the world there. I'm serious. CEOs that were doing IPOs, initial public offerings, the people in Manhattan, extremely successful people that were happy with what they were doing. I also observed some people that became world leaders. Some became CEOs, uh, world leaders, all kinds of fame and success. Others crashed and burned under stress. So I just became fascinated about why do some people, when they're stressed, become Nobel Prize winners or CEOs, they discover cures for unbelievably bad diseases and accomplish great, unbelievable things in their lives, and they're very happy. And why do others become alcoholics, like so many people in my family, experience drug addiction, go through serial marriages and divorces, maybe stay at your job that, you know, just because you have a job for 10, 20, and 30 years, maybe it's beneath your capabilities or what you were supposed to be doing with your life. But stress and anxiety keep you there. I was so curious and passionate about this. I decided decades ago to spend my life in the field of stress, positive stress, negative stress. I was fascinated with how people's attitudes can turn a negative stress into a positive stress and actually drive them to become more resilient and happy. So I am fascinated and love the ramifications of the stress response. So literally something that almost killed me, my own stress, turned into something that's been a lifelong quest and passion. Don't hate your stress. Embrace it. It's information. It's like little breadcrumbs, okay? Just like Hansel and Gretel in the woods. It will lead you to where you're supposed to be. It's calling out to you. It's your stress is saying something's not right. You maybe need a new direction. Stress, think of driving a car. Stress is like your car dashboard that lets you know if your oil is low, it starts blinking. If your tires low or going flat, which is what mine's blinking as a matter of fact right now in my car, but it lets you let me know, thank God, I could have had a flat tire on the interstate. It is invaluable information. So do you see, but it's neutral. I don't get mad when my oil light goes on. I don't get upset or crazy when it says my tire is going flat. It's information, invaluable by the way, information. Discover your stress triggers, where they came from, how to transform them into invaluable information. And we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Too many people are ashamed about their stress. They feel weak and vulnerable. Um, you know, uh, I remember my father, you know, who was a successful businessman, he actually, you know, anybody who became stressed, they were weak, vulnerable babies, you know, man up, get some guts. 
So we try to, you know, especially in the old days, we tried to muscle or strong arm our success to get over it. I know I did. I know I did from childhood until I got help. And what I know, too, is it really almost killed me. But your stress is a fire alarm. It's a burglar alarm going off saying, Kathleen, or whatever your name is, all of you beautiful, wonderful people listening to this, please listen to your life right now. Please listen to what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're acting. Is it bringing you happiness and success, or is it hurting you? Is it hurting those you love? Is it damaging your life? Is it bringing more suffering into your life? Um, I recently had an interview. It's, it's called UK Health Radio um, and, and some other interviews. So what I decided to do, I think they have 2 million followers. It's huge global. Uh, the UK Health Radio is a big, I'm doing a shout out to them too, amazing radio station. You can Google it and go online and get it. Um, unbelievable experts in all kinds of fields. It's all about health and, and motivation and all kinds of things. But um, anyway, what I decided to do today is I'm going to take some of the questions that interviewers have asked me about, uh, you know, how stress can fuel your success so that I can give you some of the answers I gave them because I think it's really invaluable information. And I actually loved how targeted kind of these interview questions were because these are things that listeners or people through my life as patients and clients um, have asked. So number one was, what's the biggest stress in my own life? Since I love stress and I happen to be called the stress queen and that's, uh, I'm kind of known as the global expert in this area. So I went, hmm, okay, uh, let me think. So I, I would say the biggest stress in my life was overcoming my destructive, violent childhood because I was left as all children of domestic uh, violence. I became hypervigilant, had PTSD and, uh, you know, anxiety attacks. I didn't trust myself, fear. I think hypervigilance was the worst because if you have somebody that violent, you're hypervigilant to survive. You're looking around, reading everybody's body language all the time, trying to prepare when they're going to erupt. And your brain forms that way from childhood. So that's the um, nature and nurture part that, you know, you, you're prepared for something bad to happen at any time. So chronic anxiety. So, But what I did, thank God, was mine became so bad that um, I was incapacitated. So it was bad at the time. I think I was 21, 22. But uh, the nice thing about it incapacitating me, almost shutting me down, um, drinking too much, horrible behavior, a workaholic, was um, a psychiatrist that worked at the hospital I was running at that time, noticed it. And he said, you know, Kathleen, you can see me anytime you want as a friend. This is, you know, whatever. And I said, why would I see you? And he said, just come talk to me. He said, for a young person, you, you know, work all the time. You're doing all this. So he was such a nice guy. I thought, sure, I'll, I'll you know, go talk to him. And anyway, he transformed my life. He got me some, way back then, some anti-anxiety medicine that helped me with my panic attacks and things, and it really was the first open door to me for mental health. And then the next one happened when I got married. I married a very loving physician who is gentle and kind and loving, uh, just one of the nicest people that you would ever think in your life. Uh, but I told him, I said, you know, don't marry me. Run as fast as you can. I said, I'm the most damaged person you will ever see in your life. I look good on the outside. You know, I'm attractive and smarter than that. And I said, but you have no idea what, what is wrong with me on the inside. 
anyway, he said, uh, you know, I love you. I love you so much. Let's go through this together. I promise we can commit our lives to getting mentally and physically healthy. So uh, I had a guy that was all in and we married and, um, through our years, you know, we had everything, money, we got that, power, status, our marriage. I had beauty, intelligence, but guess what? As the two years, five years, 10 years, everything got worse. Uh, the better we worked and the kinder he was, for some reason, I seemed to be getting worse, drinking more. Uh, it, it was like riding a bicycle faster and faster. Okay, imagine riding a bicycle. And you're not going anywhere, and you look down, and the chain slipped off of it. I wasn't going anywhere, and I knew it. I knew I wasn't. And see, for you to understand this, it's like it made it worse because I said, God gave me everything that I prayed for, wanted for, strove for an education, you know, everything I had worked for. But why was this dark inside of me not happy? Why? So you see, so it was really very tragic. Um, because the faster I tried to ride, meaning look better, be smarter and everything, I, I, I was like uh, uh, anchor sinking on the inside into some very dark water. So anyway, um, everything I did, so again, God help. I have spent my whole life, uh, which is wonderful because I came from such damage that if you could see, God bless my siblings, um, that a lot of them have had very tragic very suffering lives because for some reason that no matter what happened, they refused to get help. And, um, and I know you, most of you listeners know this. Um, some of us have got, had such an original damage or suffering to our, uh, souls and minds and bodies. It's hard to get out of it. So anyway, uh, blessing God help psychiatrists or therapists or medicine or, and, um, and again, I'm going to talk about some self-care. I always was into walking. I, you know, went to the gym four or five times a week, uh, never ate meat. You know, I, so I, I knew how to physically take care of myself. So that was a good one. And giving up drinking, of course, which was the, my father was an alcoholic, my mother. So, you know, I knew the, the potholes or the problems that could happen. So I stopped all that. But my point about me is, that was the question would ask. How I'm being honest about my personal story. I had to get lots and lots and lots of help. So next thing that she asked was, what are the bigger stressors in people's lives today? Well, right now, of course, we know it's COVID stress. Uh, half, you know, par- huge part of the world right now is still shut down from COVID. But you know, even way before COVID, let's talk about what the normal stressors were. Financial stress has always been the number one stress. Seventy-five percent of adults say that they have financial stress, okay? So that's just, don't feel bad about it. Don't feel guilty. What have I done wrong? Why don't I have enough in my savings account for retirement? Why don't I have my house paid for? Hey, join the party. 75% of us, including me, 75% of us, you know, struggle with financial stress and that's just the facts of life. So learn to take it. Like, yeah, we're going to do a budget. You know, we have a whole section, um, go to Mindful Living Network. We've got things on financial stress. And I love to talk about financial stress because there are amazing tips that you can do to help yourself. But don't get anxious about it. It's just a way of life and you can work your way out of it. I promise you. There are unbelievable support systems today in our world. Second is work. 70% of us um, are stressed because of work. We don't like our job. The commute. uh, uh, Here in Atlanta, the average commute is like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. We have research on commuter stress. It's just terrible. actually can kill you after a long time because you get inflammation, um, chronic inflammation in the body. 
Next is family responsibilities. Over 50% of us, especially with COVID now, that's way up because a lot of people had to stay home and teach and educate their kids along with working. So the top things are they don't have enough time with their kids. Uh, Blended families. 50% of us are divorced. So, you know, you're getting someone else's children and you're having to incorporate um, getting the kids to the other parent. Uh, You know, finances, alimony, child support. Whew. Blended families, you're trying to love somebody somebody else's kids that have problems like you do your own. It's unbelievable. Blended families are tremendously stressful. Lack of social support. We don't live in neighborhoods like we used to anymore, where the woman next door would, would give you a ring on your phone or come over and say, yeah, I noticed your son is uh, hit somebody yesterday, or I noticed they were drinking something, or whatever. We don't have that social support we used to in neighborhoods. And um, single people are terrified of not finding a partner. So anyway, uh, in divorce, tremendous uh, stress and family responsibilities. And a huge part of us, uh, you know, the fourth level of this is uh, health concerns. Uh, Over 50% of us, now this is before COVID, but of course COVID shot this number way over the top. Lack of sleep. That's one of our, you know, what is it? Right now the data is showing us 48% of us have insomnia. Good Lord we got to sleep. Sleep is where your body repairs itself and learns to heal. So huge, huge health concerns. Obesity. Obesity has increased because of the pandemic. It was bad before, right at 47%. Children, it's even more. It's increased 42% or 45%. Of the world, kids, they're obese. Dear Lord, help us. And the reason is, what we know about obesity is it literally changes the brain of these kids, and it changes our brain, and it leads us into every disease in the world, everything from cancer to hypertension to diabetes to uh, bone and joint problems, back problems, you know, because our bodies can't, we're not meant to carry this amount of weight. And don't feel guilty. I put on weight. I put on a good 10 pounds during this pandemic. And as we speak, I am trying my best to, to work through this without hating myself. And so, hey, I work through these things every day. So what I do is just be kind to myself one step at a time, darling. And everything you're feeling, that was that muffin and that was those um, chips or whatever I had and smile and go, it's okay. It was okay. It was a very stressful year. So now we can move on. So anyway, uh, information overload is number five, technology. Uh, It's huge. Global terrorism. We find out about all these things and it's information overload because we really can't control much about the way technology is moving so fast terrorism, and global news 24-7. We also have a lot of information on how to deal with technology stress on the Mindful Living Network. You can go there. Great tips. I've dealt with technology stress uh, for a good 20 years and how to deal with it with your kids, your family, yourself, and even your company. So anyway, those are the top stressors, just so you know. And and so anyway, I'm always asked, what are uh, any top tips for stress management? And I take, you know, we got to take the negative thing out of what the word stress is. Stress is like any other law of physics or nature. You couldn't be breathing, and I couldn't be doing this podcast without stress. I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. Well, guess what? My lungs are increasing with stress, decreasing with the stress of the muscles around my lung. Circulation through our bodies. Right now, you wouldn't be sitting there without blood circulating. That is caused by stress. Stress on your veins, your arteries, your whole circulatory system. It works perfectly because it's stressed. Walking, everything we do, chewing, that's stress. It's beautiful. We could not function. And the law of physics says stress is pressure 
or tension exerted on a material object. Okay, it's a neutral law. Now, psychological stress can be defined as any change, physical, emotional, or psychological strain. So, okay, all that means is any change. That's all, not negative or positive. So the types of stress, there's acute stress, which means like this morning when I dropped a cup of coffee and the heat, the hot coffee went on my legs, that was acute stress. Um, you know, I panicked, cleaned it up. That's acute stress. For those of you that have children, if the principal or the headmaster calls you from school and says, I need to talk to you about Susie immediately, that's, <laughs> that's acute stress. I've been through it with two. Um, <laughs> Uh, acute stress, horse business. I've been dealing with horses most of my life. Uh, when I fall off a horse or something happens, that's acute stress. It's short term. Happens, you produce adrenaline, your body recuperates, and you go on. The killer is chronic stress. Day after day, unabated, week after week. So that's the kind of thing that happens with finances, a child you're having problems with, a bad marriage, a job you don't like, health problems, chronic stress unabated. It happens after 30 days, 60 days. That's the kind of stress we have to look at, okay? In a neutral sense, of go, okay, this is causing inflammation. It's going to cause psychological problems, physical problems. So let's find a way to deal with it. And this is what we can do today that we didn't do 20 years ago. We've got great science that shows us what to do. And then the third kind is eustress. And that is what we call good stress. So it would be like taking um, a negative stress, say, like for me right now and some finances I want to deal with with my business. Um, I started getting stressed about it chronically, and then I changed my attitude to, hey, this is a great problem to have. Most people can't have their own practices or have their own companies. So I'm going to be inspired by this. You know, look at a budget. Call somebody, find out how other people handle this stress, and I refuse to have this chronic negative stress. I'm going to take of it as positive motivational stress. See, so this is where your attitude is so incredibly important. If you have a child with a chronic problem, a marriage, shift it and go, hey, we're going to a marriage counselor. Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to get motivated about this. Your child, my child's miserable, or I think they're addicted to stress, but this is what I can do about it, okay? So, and get help, get help, get help. There's no shame. I, I, if I didn't have all the people supporting me in my life, God, God only knows. I'm serious where I'd be. So, um, and, and the lives I could have destroyed. And so that's that. Those are the types of stresses. Now, next perennial question that I always get and just happened to get it yesterday on this UK health radio. We hear about stress resilience. Um, how does this work? How do we develop it? Is it nature or nurture? And she asked, how come some people get Nobel Prizes and run major corporations and have lives of great productivity like you, Dr. Hall, and why do some people crash and burn? So the answer to that is nature and nurture. Nature, um, your family. I mean, look at your parents. How did your parents, grandparents, do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Usually they're pretty stress resilient because they started companies, restarted companies. Or did you work on a line at a factory? Or did you work for a large corporation or a company where you went in every day? Those people maybe are less stress resilient. So look at your DNA of your family, where you came from. The next is nurture. Look at your current family. How did your parents handle stress in your house? How does your spouse handle stress? Um, because the way that they handled stress, like did, if something happened financially, did did your parents scream and yell and panic and you heard it when you were going to sleep at night hearing them argue? Or 
did they say, hey, I've got to get an extra job, and they were very calm and peaceful. Um, it's really important. People like my husband and myself, I'll use us as an example. My husband was raised in a very stable, loving family, and no matter what came crashing down, his parents were very calm. They were very measured, and they went through anything very calmly measured and, and worked on an outcome. In mine, it was pants on fire, pull the uh, fire alarm. Everything that happened was a crisis, screaming, you know, yelling, whatever. So I was raised in an opposite experience. So that's why I had to get so much help and had to learn how to handle this because I had to get stress resilient if I was going to live an unbelievably happy life. So let me give you a quick couple quick tips um, on stress resilience real quickly. I use acronyms so people can remember them. This is called ACE Your Life. A-C-E is the acronym. So you can't do anything till you become aware, right? So I want you to pretend like you are doing your checkbook. There's a credit and a debit. Credit is when you put money into your account. Debit is when you take money out, okay? Most of us balance our checkbooks or balance our money. So we know about pluses and minus. So put a plus and a minus, okay? Credit and debit. Get a piece of paper and write it down. So what I want you to do is write down on the credit side, um, things that are positive, like what you love, um, uh, things that bring you energy, love, like you love your job, you love your job, you love your spouse, you love your garden, you love to cook. What do you love? That goes in the plus column. Think back on your day and your week. Recall moments that made you really happy and connected to yourself, like this is who I really am. Next, debit is minus, okay? This is on the minus side of your paper. You're going to cut your... Take a line, put it down the middle of your paper. So you have the plus side. Love my dog, love my garden, love to cook, whatever that is. And the minus, the debit part, what is draining your energy? What's a parasite? What makes you crazy? Write down the things that sap your energy and make you irritable. Um, these are stress triggers, okay? And these are the cool things because remember, it's information. So somebody like me, traffic, makes me crazy. Um, and I live in Atlanta with, what, 7 million people? So I had to learn on the negative side of how to deal with this. Um, let me see. My daughter and I, we have a couple stressors. We've talked about it. That was on my negative uh, minus side. My husband. Um, certain things that we do at home in our lifestyle that um, really set me off their triggers. So that became on the minus side. Do this for a week. No judgment. Do it for about a week and you're just going to get information. You've got the credit, the plus side. Debit is what drives you crazy. And a quick way to think about it is think of the persons that affect your life, family members, friends, coworkers, tasks that affect you, meetings, work, carpools, meals, family time together. What are the tasks, positive or negative? The persons, remember, we just said this, persons that affect your life, positive or negative. Emotions that affect your life, guilt or shame or worry or fear or anger. Okay, what emotions? That would be on the debit or the negative side. Money, how money affects your life, your financial status, you know, problems or challenges and blessings. I mean, are you getting some kind of a little income for something? On, you know, right now it might be a stimulus check in the United States. You're getting money from the government. And then time is the holy grail of life. Every second you breathe, time has a purpose. What are the positive or happy ways you spend your time, okay? And what are the negative ways that's draining your life, okay, of the time that you're spending, okay? Time. It's the only thing you have. 
So credit and debit that. What are you wasting your time on, you feel like, on the minus side and the positive side? So next is C. That was A. Awareness, awareness, awareness. Next is choice. Okay. You have to look at this and make some choices. Choose something from your energy draining, your minus side, which is your stress triggers, and start to get a solution to it. Um, Choosing something simple that, you know, easy, start with something easy and focus on that as your trigger. Okay? Like for an example, with Jim and I not talking about money, that was a trigger because we always put it off. So we decided on Tuesday night that we would spend at least an hour at 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock every Tuesday night and talk about our money. I'm just giving you that example because that was a stress trigger that always led us into fights. That was the choice that we made. So we made that choice. I'm using that as an example. And um, so, so whatever trigger, choose one and try to work on one at a time. Then when you know, know that you're going to be in this situation, practice a stress management tip like uh, I'm calm, I'm relaxed, to take deep breaths, uh, chew some gum, whatever you need to do, practice one stress management, you know, practice along with that trigger. So when Jim and I first started talking about money, uh, one thing that drives me crazy is, um, I don't know if I should say this or not, but Jim likes to, um, he likes to bet on certain things. So my adrenaline went up, my heart rate went up and, you know, red faced and I took a deep breath and started saying, I'm calm. This is pep. This has been going on for a long time. You're not going to solve it in two minutes. So just take a deep breath. So get it. So practice your stress management. Then change something. Okay. Just you both decide to change something, or you change something. And then E awareness is A. C is choice you're going to make. E is energy. Observe how you feel after you've had this talk. Seriously. I mean, this is pretty cool. You're going to see your life change a lot because. For the first time, you're not running around, hiding things in your emotions, not talking about things, the elephant in the room. You literally have a program and you're sharing this with your partner or sharing it if you're a single parent or a single with yourself and you're going, okay, ace, I'm aware I've got the plus column and the minus column. So I'm aware of what feeds me and what is sucking the life out of me. C, I am a human being. I have a choice. And remember this when you say, oh, but I don't have a choice. Yeah, you do. Remember, everything is attitude. Everything is attitude. One. Two is, I swear to God, there's help for everything out there. And if you find a, you know, stumbling block, you know, contact me. And again, I'll talk about my contact information at the end. But let me know and I can help you out. Um, Anyway, next, ACE. I told you I do acronyms. Next is the self-care program. And this has saved my life. And being honest, I've studied, you know, whether it was Harvard, my clinical trainings or my PhD program. I've studied this at medical institutions for years, and I just shifted it into a simple acronym so my patients could remember it. Self-care. Remember these four. S-E-L-F. S-E-L-F. You can remember that. Self-care. And S is for serenity, which is the opposite of stress, right? And we know the brain changes, the chemicals in your brain change. You have 100,000 chemical reactions that you're processing in your brain and your body every second. Pretty amazing, right? So you can make an immediate change. Every thought you have, every emotion, every action has an immediate effect, okay? So this serenity slows down the brain and allows the brain to actually, your brain reforms and changes uh, structure when you do these. It's pretty cool when you do self-care. So we're on serenity, opposite of stress. You got to do it five minutes at least, okay? So during your day, set four times during the day. I set mine at 10, 2, 4, 
and seven because it's after dinner. We eat early. So four times a day and I swap around. So S is for serenity. So during that time, I'm going to do one of these things and then I'm going to do E and I'll tell you about E and L and F and you can mix them up, but you have to do it at least these things at least five minutes a day as you begin. Okay. So S is serenity. You can do breathing for five minutes. Inhale to the count of four slowly. Exhale to the count of four. So it's one, two, three, four while you're inhaling. Exhale. So what I say is inhale, love, to the count of four, and maybe exhale, your fear. Inhale, your confidence. Exhale, your anxiety or your sadness, okay? Just for five minutes. You can do a mini. Uh, you can go to our stress, uh, go to our meditation room. Okay, I love it. You can go on YouTube. You can go to the Mindful Living Network. Go to the stress, I mean, excuse me, the meditation room at the Mindful Living Network. We have amazing, I love our meditation room because you can do a little mini where you go in and for three to five minutes, you can go to a garden. You can go to a lavender field. You can go uh, to where it's snowing. You can go to a bubbling brook, whatever you love. Whatever, a bee or a butterfly landing on a flower and pollinating it. So you can go anywhere to our, at our meditation room and choose a five-minute relaxation thing that will feed you. Um, I've curated them and we've created every one of these. They're unique. They're nowhere else. I love them. Try that. Uh, try affirmations. Like I said, I am calm. I'm peaceful. You may want to listen to relaxing music for five minutes. Whatever you do, take that five minutes for S's serenity. And don't forget sleep. It's huge for healing. We have great sleep ex uh, sleep uh, tips on the uh, website too. Mindful Living Network. Anyway, E is exercise. Exercise. We were meant to move. It decreases heart disease, stroke, cancer. You name it. Insomnia, depression, anxiety. You got to move your body. We were meant. Our bodies were created. This divine creation was meant to move. So do something simple. Walk, walk, walk. Walking. Just walking changes your brain, changes your body. It reduces your risk of everything from cancer to uh, autoimmune diseases to heart disease by 45 to 60%. Just walk. Do five to 10 minute walks. Walk around your house. Walk up and down your street. If you're at an office building, walk up and down the stairs. Five to 10 minutes, okay? Get that beautiful, perfect body moving so it starts communicating and loving you back. That's E, exercise. L is love, okay? Love, love, love. You got to love somebody. So what happens is we all get so busy, we get to the end of our week and we go, you know what? I meant to call Beth or Elizabeth or whomever and I meant to have lunch with them or I meant to Zoom them or I meant to, you know, go down the street and my neighbor and knock on the door. Okay, here's the deal. You get Monday and you schedule everything else for the week. You schedule your plumber, you schedule the electrician, you schedule your kids, soccer games, schedule connection with someone you love okay you've got to schedule it because it won't happen in our busy world this is a lifeline to your health to your happiness to belly laughing to crying love it's a critical number one thing we all have to do more than serenity more than exercise love l l you got to have it get in a group create in your neighborhood at work create a study group meet for lunch play cards Start studying stuff. Start, you know, study books on spirituality, gardening, eating, food, recipes, whatever you want, whatever your group wants to. It's so important. Please be the creator. Start these things. Plant the seeds. So that's love, 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 love. And I love you, by the way, while we're, while we're spreading the love around. F is food. Food's medicine. 
food changes your mood. We have more research on what food does. So quickly eat breakfast. Please, it changes your metabolism by 25%. Get this body moving. Get this weight moving. And it helps mood swings. Okay? Gotta eat breakfast. More omega-3s. Eat fish. Take omega-3 tablets. Oh, God, we have such great. It helps with research on depression, heart disease, chronic pain. Okay? Eat, try to eat fish. Take these pills at least three times a week. Drink some green tea. Green tea is a huge, powerful antioxidant. It's amazing. It's antiviral. It's anti-inflammatory. Drink some tea. I and uh, you know I live in the South, uh, in Atlanta, so of course we live off um, iced tea, uh, no sugar. Just learn to drink it with some lemon or some mint or something in it. Tea is unbelievable. It's got I think four thousand chemical components. So tea. And while I'm jumping on tea, I'm going to jump on coffee. My husband happens to be a gastroenterologist and Jim for uh, GI cancers. We have great research that shows coffee is such efficacy. Try to drink at least one cup a day. Um, anyway, and blueberries. Uh, blueberries are called brain berries and youth food. Um, what we know is blueberries help neuron production, reproduction in the brain and neural connection. Blueberries are great from your mental health. It's a huge anti-aging and it prevents all kinds of diseases. In uh, one study, we showed that one cup of blueberries increased the antioxidant level in people's blood, and it actually slowed or reversed degenerative diseases associated with aging brain. So please, blueberries. So S-E-L-F, got it? Remember it? Serenity, okay, which is the opposite of stress, relaxation. Exercise, move that perfect, perfect, beautiful, beautiful, hug yourself right now, beautiful body you have. L is love. Man, love somebody. And again, remember, I always love you. And uh, food. Food. Not diet. Food. Food is a gift. It's God's gift to every one of us. We gift each other with food. We celebrate with food. We love food. Okay? There's no bad food in my book. Food, food, food. It's just how you eat it. Okay. So that was the ace and self. So that was on stress resilience. Okay? So that was the number four question I get. Now, number five. Stress plays a critical part in an emerging field, and most of you have probably heard this field, epigenetics. If you haven't, you're going to hear about it more and more. Epigenetics is the study of how your behavior's environment can cause changes that affect the way your genes work, okay? Unlike genetic changes, epigenetic changes are reversible. They do not change your DNA sequencing, okay? Remember, they don't change your DNA sequencing, but they can change how your body reads your DNA sequencing, okay? So think of it as a light switch off and on. And you have um, hypertension or diabetes or something in your family or heart disease or obesity. You have those kind of things in your family. So what it is is the more you practice self-care that we just talked about, serenity, exercise, love, and food, that light switch, which is your lifestyle, is not going to go on. Okay, it's not going to. My husband's family is unbelievably unhealthy. Diabetes, they all die of heart attacks at 45, 50. I'm not joking. He's got, his grandfather died in a barber chair at 44. I swear to God, the guy was shaving him and he died of a heart attack. Anyway, they have horrible disease. This man, my husband is now 73. He just turned 73 two days ago. He, heart is perfect. Uh, they did a cath the other day and saw that he had the, they said that he had a heart of a 40 year old. I'm not kidding. So we do this SELF. It works. His switches have not gone on. No diabetes, no heart hypertension. This guy's the healthiest thing that ever walked or breathed. Me too. So please, and, and 
we both have um, genetic predispositions. Remember epigenetics. You can keep that switch off or on by your lifestyle. So all stress also affects that light switch. Stress, okay, the stress you experience, the food you eat, lack of sleep, your job, marriage, children, family. Are you happy or miserable? And what's your attitude? Okay. And the next thing that I have been asked over and over, can children inherit your response to stress? Absolutely, they can inherit it. Inherited genes, you have transgenerational stress inheritance. And it's the transmission of the negative effects of stress exposure in your parents to your offspring through epigenetic mechanisms. Okay. Huge. So your children not only mirror your stress environmentally, which means how they're raised in your household, okay, and your reaction to stressors, because your children repeat the way you react to stress by seeing you, but it's also transgenerational, which means it is inherited. Your genes, they have inherited your genes. So take this seriously. You don't want to pass this on to your kids. You love them, okay? Um, and I wish I would have known this. My kids are all grown and stuff. I wish I would have known this when they were smaller. Uh, but we can pass this information on. So, and I'm going to end this with transform your stress into success because that's what this is all about, right? Stress can fuel your success. My stress led me into loving stress, changed, went back to school because I was a financial person in the financial world. That's what I did, bought and sold companies and things. And what it did, though, is me finding all this out led me into an unbelievably happy and successful life. Um, and so that's what I'm saying. It's information. Listen to it. Get help. So stress can fuel your success. So we talked about stress a bit. Now let's talk about success. What is authentic success to you? Being authentic means coming from a real place, right? It's when your actions and words are congruent with your beliefs and values. It's being yourself, not an imitation of what you think you've been told you should be. Part of knowing yourself is knowing what you believe, okay? Simply put, it means being true to your own personality and your own values. Okay, so so you may want to make a little list. What's most important to you? For me, it's love and kindness, okay? If I and compassion. If I can live off that, no matter what decisions I make in my life, I'm being authentic. Live your authentic life. Live your passions, okay? You were born with a purpose to fulfill. Your soul has a personality and a plan for your short little time here on earth. Don't waste it. This is your authentic self. Authenticity. Your being you is the key to attracting what you want in life. Okay? You're a magnet. I'm a magnet. It's a magnet that will draw the bright people the right experiences into your life. So you're going to have more happiness and success than you ever dreamed of. My life is magic and I never dreamed it could be like this. I believe after a lifetime of working with patients, each of us is born with a song. It's in, your, it's in the womb when you were swimming around in your mommy's tummy, in her womb, and it is unique and different for every one of us. And I believe it's a divine expression, a divine light. And I think then you come out into the world, into the lights and cold air and heat and sun. And then we have the physiological changes coming out of the womb, which changes us. And also our parents, our family, our culture, society, the country we're born in, the teachers, the schools, the companies we work with. They all get us disoriented and confused. And stressed, may I add. 
So my job, I believe this is my calling in my life, is to assist or become a midwife. That's what I feel like I do with people. I try to be a midwife and help them into remembering their original song, what they were born to sing, and how they were, you know, born to live, what they were called to. So we become more and more programmed as time rolls on by forgetting who we are. Um, I don't have time in this podcast, but I am going to do one on helping you discover your authentic self. Um, because I think it's really important. I spend a lot of time, whether it's been with Aboriginal tribes or with uh, Native American tribes and different people and different uh, types of psychologists and different type of healers. And um, I have these uh, quick... Not super quick, but I need to do a podcast on it, on how you can be led with those breadcrumbs to your authentic self. But anyway, got to go. Thanks for joining me today. And remember, don't hide away from your stress. Remember the ACE, Awareness, Choice, Energy, and the self-care, Serenity, Exercise, Love, and Food. It's information that will lead you back to your authentic life of incredible, incredible happiness. So, you know, stress can fuel your success. Don't forget that. That was our wonderful, wonderful subject for today. So remember this, our tagline at the Mindful Living Network, one people, one planet, and we all have a beautiful future together, one future. It's our world. Let's hold our hands and hearts together, heal ourselves, and help heal our world. Please share with us, your family and friends and community, share the Mindful Living Network with them, please. Let's do this together. Contact me at our O-U-R, MLN.com or the mindful, you know, mindfullivingnetwork.com and click on contact us. Suggest shows. Tell me what you think. Do you need any guidance? I'm here for you. We're all here for you. Our team is, our family. Go to our meditation room. It's on YouTube. It's on uh, our.com, mindfullivingnetwork.com. I love it. We helped create all these unique little rooms you can go into. Uh, we have a great app. You can get it at the Google App Store. You can get it at the uh, Apple App Store. It's called Mindful Living Network App. I love it. It's got, again, it's got the meditation room on there. It's got stress tips. I love our app. And get our newsletter. It's got great current tips. It's, in, you know, information we gather. I personally curate it and write a lot of it. And it's helpful for to you, helpful to you, your family, and your life. Also, please follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So uh, we're all in this together. Please, um, the Mindful Living Network is you and I and all of us trying to create a more mindful world so we can help our wounded earth who's been, you know, kind of uh, polluted and she needs some help and we all need to hold hands and help each other. So thanks for joining me today. Know how much you're loved and we're all in this together. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye.